Welcome to Connecting with Coincidence with psychiatrist Bernard David Beitman, MD. Dr. Beitman is the founder of the Coincidence Project. The project encourages people like you to tell each other coincidence stories. To learn more about Dr. Beitman's work, put Connecting with Coincidence in your web browser. You'll find his book, his Psychology Today blog, and the interviews from this podcast. And now your host, Bernard Beitman, MD. Welcome to Connecting with Coincidence. I am your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. Yes, this is CC with BB 2.0. If you wish to support us here at Connecting with Coincidence, please like and subscribe for more content so we can increase subscriber numbers, which increases our reach, which increases the number of people who hear this. And we would like to have you and other people's here are guests, because we have some great ones lined up into the future as well as today. The story I'm going to tell today uh, is about how around the same time I came across the word charts and charting when I was looking around for a title for my now next coincidence book. Uh, last week I was trying to come up with this title because uh, that needed to do something different from my first book, which was also called Connecting with Coincidence. I tried water coincidence and knowing coincidences and mapping coincidences, because the book is a map for the territory, uh, but somehow that mapping title didn't work very well. So how about navigating improbability? Well, too many syllables. So I looked up synonyms for mapping and found charting. And instead of improbability, I tried chance, and there I had charting chance, the two CHs. I, oh, that's, I like that. I like to get a little rhyming in there in that way. Charting chance. So after all this, I was bleary-eyed from getting up early and staying up late, trying to figure out problems with the publisher, including this one. So I began to eat breakfast, and there in front of me was a New Yorker magazine issue that I had turned to an article about visualizing data, which meant a history of the origin of charts. So I get to go, oh, okay. So there, so the answer to the title question I had right in front of me, and believe me, I'm very good at missing what's right in front of me. Well, what's also right in front of me today is our guest. Our guest is Paninit. Russo Netzer, uh, who is a senior lecturer <laughs> and the head of the education department at Akva Academic College and a researcher at the University of Haifa, all in Israel. Her main research and practice interests are in helping people find meaning in life. She is the head of the Compass Institute for the study and application of meaning in life and the founding head of the academic training program for logotherapy, which is meaning-oriented psychotherapy, originated on the ideas of Viktor Frankl, a Holocaust camp survivor who kept himself going in part because he wanted to write this book, and he did. Um, he has a, his story and his what he learned has impacted many, many people. That's Viktor Frankl. She develops training and intervention programs and publishes scholarly journals, articles, and books on this and related topics. Panini, three, welcome to the show. 
Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Bernie, for having me here. You're Very welcome. Happy. You're welcome. It's a delight to have you. Could you uh, tell us a story, please? Yeah, sure. I, you know, when I think of, of synchronicity, and I really like the way you uh, kind of began our, our talk today, I think always about uh, sacred moments. It's uh, um, Ken Pragerman's idea of sacred moments that, you know, kind of emerge from being in a dialogue with life. And I always see that, um, you know, we need a um, meaningful moment catcher, just as we have butterfly catcher and dream catcher. I always say that we need meaningful moment catcher to collect moments of, of grace and interconnectedness. And the story I want to share, it's not something which is extraordinary, big or supernatural. It's something that it's very, for me, very ordinary, mundane moment. But I think when we notice and pay attention, we can see it almost anywhere. So, and, and I always like the quote of, of Jung in this context, he said that synchronicity is an ever-present reality for those who have eyes to see. And I want to share my story because I think um, for me, it was a, a moment of grace or a moment of uh, sacred moment. So in one of my classes, I was teaching about the idea of Socratic dialogue, Socratic questions, as uh, in, a, in a metaphor of midwifery. And then someone mentioned the book called The Midwife of the Soul. I instinctively felt a connection to the title, though I've never heard about this book before. And I kept looking very extensively uh, and, and even in, in, um, in an urge, I couldn't tell why in libraries, bookstores, and I couldn't find anywhere. And a few days later, I was visiting my parents' house and my dad, he collects books from ancient books and books from all over. He has thousands of books. And I've, I've been asking him about this book. Maybe you know, Midwife of the Soul. He said no. And the moment he said no, my brother came into the door holding a book in his under his arm and he's saying and he, he was saying i was i found this book on a bench on the street where i live what are the odds yeah and he said i think you may find it interesting and he gave it to me and it was the midwife of the soul and for me it was an awesome synchronistic experience because it's a, it's it's a book that's really hard to to find and just as a moment that i was asking about that it just gave it to me. So it was a, um, an ordinary moment, but it was also an extraordinary moment for me. Uh, it is quite, it's quite a story, and there are stories that are somewhat like that, but, it's, but that's a little bit on the yet more improbable direction. Uh, I really like the timing of it, uh, that you ask your father, uh, <laughs> do you have the book? You got all these books, don't you have this one? And there, he didn't answer it, but his son answered it. Uh, <laughs> and it, uh, it, there, there was the answer to your, let's say, prayer, because you've been looking around for that for a while. Hey, you've, I like to ask um, two questions about meaning, because uh, if you look at a coincidence, um, there are usually not just two major meanings. I'll talk about those, but there are four meanings in a meaningful coincidence. Uh, the, the simple ones are the, the meaning of the two um, images, that they're the same. The means sound, the means are the same. Uh, 
so the two, the book and the book, your thing in your head and the book that showed up with is the, the meaning. The, 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 another meaning is that's more prominent and the two that I pay more attention to are the meaning to you personally, how did it affect you? And that meaning comes up in a second kind of meaning, which is the emotional reaction people have. Uh, but then there's a, a related meaning that is what does it have to do for your future? How, how does this impact your view of the future, uh, yourself and, and you in life? So there's the emotional meaning and then there's the future meaning. And then there is the meaning of explanation. How do you explain that? So four kinds of meanings in a meaningful coincidence, the two that I pay most attention to are what does it mean to you and what does it say to you about possible explanations? Yeah, I really love that, the way you, and it's really, when we'll talk later maybe about research, we, we found very uh, similar ideas that resonate with what you're just saying about uh, detecting meaning in our life story and, and, and also what it means to us. Um, I think it's really, uh, for me, it had, um, I think the, even the title, I've been thinking a lot of what it does, it represents for me, the midwifery of the soul, uh, because I think something about this title drove me even crazy to trying to find it. It was something that, uh, and I think in a way, I, I hope, I try to help people um, kind of give birth to the things they already um, going in, in their own souls and sometimes this, this kind of a spark that we see in people's eyes and I try to bring it into light in different ways that in my practice, in my work, in my teaching and in a way it was kind of now that you're asking about that I, I haven't given it much thought until you mentioned it now but I think the title um, made me curious because I think uh, curiosity really drives me in my work, in my research, uh, to try to really understand what, you know, kind of um, makes people come alive. What lights this kind of a spark or this kind of a restless heart of them or souls. And I think in, in being a, a midwife, you're able to draw that into the light. It's, it's their journey, it's their spark, but sometimes you need to elicit that. Uh, from the out, from to the outside, so I think in a way it was uh, it was kind of a, maybe a message or validation. Uh, so maybe just uh, thinking about that out loud. Um, and if if you're willing, there's another story just popped in my, into my mind. If I can well, share, hold on to that story for oh, a minute. Okay, okay. Because I think you um, you have a beautiful image there. Uh, it wasn't just the you might be interested in this book as somebody said it's it's that it if the name was what you think you do what you feel you do that you are, are we can always say we hope but let's say you do just for the sake of our audience because you wouldn't keep doing it if you didn't do it sometimes i you just don't it never works all the time we got that one straight uh, but you're able to help find meaning in life um and and that that can be translated into a more visual um, birth oriented um, idea with this phrase, the midwifery of the soul. 
so that you could begin to get a different look at what you were doing by using this metaphor is like a lot of this stuff. Um, it's nice to have different metaphors. Uh, the truth marches ahead with uh, an army of metaphors. You have to have different ideas about them, uh, about the same thing, because they're complicated ideas. So this is yeah. what you do. So I, I let's let's stay with that because that helped you. The one meaning was that it helped you see your meaning in life more clearly. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I like your interpretation. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think it resonated with something deep within me. That, yeah. Yeah, it so did. So much for that into words. <laughs> Well, I, 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 I think it did. And that's what I, well, and you, it's what I said sounded right to you. So then we get to the, the fun part of this um, for me. I mean, it's fun. Both of these are fun. These two meanings. Uh, I mean, now, how does this happen? Panit? How does this happen? How, how do you, how does this happen? Wow. That's a huge question. I think we're all trying to figure out this kind of, uh, uh, for me, maybe I'll, I'll try to, uh, for me, this was one of my drives to explore that in research because I always felt, uh, you know, there's a beautiful, I love, I love quotes. There's a beautiful quote by Albert Einstein. He said that there are two ways to live your life. One, as if, if though there's nothing is a miracle. And the other is as though everything is a miracle. And I've been feeling for years a split between those two, two ways of living realizing the the poor the power of full engagement with life participation the magic of interconnectedness and mysterious part of life and on the other hand the dominant objective uh resonate uh, reasoning sorry in, in science and the need to quantify the unquantifiable uh, quantifiable and the cynical sometimes uh, approach that people have within science about those kind of ideas so I felt that sometimes our theoretical conceptualization, sorry, kind of a breakdown reality when we need to look at it as a holistic frame. Oh. And so for me, trying to bring those two separated worlds together, science, science, I would say, to, to understand that in more uh, broader sense, and those kind of ideas that fascinated me on, on, a, on a human level was uh, something really uh, unique. And for a long time, people looked at that as something off limits. The usual question was, how can you measure such a thing? It's not scientific, you're using, you're wasting your time and energy. No one will publish that. And I think um, lately I, I've been uh, seeing that the more I research those kind of uh, issues such as synchronicity, authenticity, wholeness, all of that, we realized that People have a, a, a hunger, even a yearning within science to understand those issues. Uh, we, we have a yearning for people to see us as a whole person. So once I started to look at that, and, and we've done it very systematically, we've started with uh, phenomenological um, qualitative research that tried bottom up to understand people's experiences. And now we're trying to, uh, we built, uh, we created a questionnaire and now we're doing that also in quantitative research. Um, well, you're, you're, you're going into what your research is and I wanna be able to do that. I recognize that you've gone from qualitative, which is mostly what I've done. I had some database stuff early on, like just finding out 
whether coincidences happen or not, how frequently they are, and what yeah. are the variables that seem to increase them, one of which is searching for meaning of life, not just having meaning of life. You have to be searching from what we were able to find. But what, what I want to go back to an earlier thing you just said in this, what you, when you just started talking, you put the, the science and um, whole, wholeness uh, contradictions to each other. And yes, they are right now. Uh, quantum quantum mysticism may be saying something different about that, but we won't have to go for that. You said to be amazed at the interconnectedness of everything. Now, I, I want you to stay with that for a minute, because that is what I am trying to do, too, is not just be amazed at it, but recognize that it's there, this interconnectedness there and that synchronicity and serendipity help show the ways in which we are interconnected, the way you are with your father and your brother, as that indicated. So it shows the web of interconnection. It highlights them. It's the, it's, so I'm trying to talk about a science that is descriptive first of just what you said. Let's be amazed. But what, what, uh, what astronomers do uh, is get amazed by some weird thing happening in this way out someplace, and then they try to figure out what's going on. And that's what I would take what you said about interconnectedness as a next step that we might do, especially in the with the coincidences helping define these interconnections. Yeah, it's like a glimpse into that interconnectedness between us and the world. It's kind of, a, for me, it's a glimpse. I mentioned separate moments because for me, it's also a glimpse into a deeper and wider dimension to life. It, there, there's more than meets the eye in so many ways. And I think those moments when we pay attention, when we share those stories, like you invite us all to do, uh, it makes us realize more how much there is to life that we not always in connection with in our busy life, trying to get from one place to the next, uh, in our to-do lists. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And what, what you are doing is helping people see themselves as part of this interconnectedness, this web of interconnectedness with others and with uh, all the other things running around out there. Like I, I, I connect with trees. Some people do that. Um, uh, other people with birds, uh, other people with the earth in some way, as well as with other people. Uh, it's, there's all connections to be made, to be uh, become aware of and to deepen. And I yeah. think that's what you're saying you try to help people do. Yeah, yeah, I really love the way, yeah, for me, it's sky, actually, the skies. I always take a picture of the sky. I feel it's never the same sky each day. And there's something about being uh, in a childlike, a childlike uh, wonder and awe uh that nothing is mundane nothing is really you know sometimes you know in a position of being there done that everything is right copy paste the same day but if we're in awe like children do towards the world then then we see so many connections then then we can really feel connected to each other and of course to the world and as you mentioned trees and birds and the sky and those little things what do you what do you connect with besides people I mentioned sky, the sky. Yeah. So tell, tell us about that, your connection with the sky. 
Yeah, but tell I, us I about think, that. Yeah, it starts with the idea. Um, I don't remember who said that. There's a beautiful again quote. Uh, that he said that if this the stars would only come out once in a century, uh, people would go, you know, out in awe. But <laughs> because it's you know it's every day, every night, people are not amazed by you know by the sky. It's amazing. It's not human made. And for me, I always take a picture in the morning of the sky, the clouds. It's it's always uh, reminds me of how every day is unique. Every day is irreplaceable. There's only one day, even the weather, it's not really the same. And the sky is never the same from each day to the next. And so, so, you know, so are we. We're changed and the, the sky is changed. So I think for me, it's a, it's a reminder of, of the vastness that we are living it, and, and and also the the timelessness, and and also that I'm a small part of a big universe. For me, it's this is kind of a reminder. I think. Ah, so that's what the sky means to you. Now, one of the things that I think about the sky, I I've gotten to the last couple of days w going out and, and walking at night, um, like two a.m. or so, and it's wow. hot. It's hot here. So it's nice out there. Uh, it's so soft and quiet. The street lamps are noisy, the noisiest things around. And there was a half moon out, out last night. And it, it's, a, it's a beautiful feeling to be yeah. in that with so much quiet. But what, one, of the, one of my amazements is, um, goes like this. Look up in the sky, the sun and the moon. 93 million miles apart they are but from where we stand as eclipses show us they appear to be exactly the same size what a coincidence what a coincidence <laughs> wow i love that i love that and I think in art, in the arts, and, and we see that throughout history, people have been puzzling about the sky, and I really love the way you kind of uh, put that into words. And yeah. puzzling, and puzzling. So what I'm learning from you about how you, how you do things um, is that you try to help people feel their connection and uniqueness of this moment, their connections out there and the uniqueness of this moment and come to have a gratitude for it, but of being there and, and that you help them become grateful by recognizing the uniqueness of now. Yeah, yeah. And, and I also think it's a, it's a precondition to both synchronicity uh, moments, but also for meaning in life, because uh, I always give an example that you can hug your child, which can, can be a big source of meaning for you. But if over his head, you're looking about the piles of, of emails and laundry and dishes, it's a meaningless moment. But if you're, you're hugging him and you're truly in the moment, you're present, then it's a meaningful moment. And for someone looking from the outside, it's the same moment, but for you, the experience is different. So I think being present, and as you mentioned, being grateful, which is something that we're not usually in this kind of perspective. It's usually being taken for granted until it's taken from us, whether it's health or you know air conditioning when it's hot and whatever. Uh, so I think it's in a way it connects us with life. With life, 
Viktor Frankl has a beautiful saying. He says that you can have it all, but you, you can still say no to life. But you, get, you can sometimes have nothing, like even in Auschwitz, and say yes to life. And it starts with this idea, with this inner decision of saying yes to life, of participating with life, that you can be more present and experience more this kind of interconnectedness and meaning and well-being of that, even in, in I, very- I, I'm, gl I'm glad you just said what you said. I feel like one of your students now, because I, this sounds like something that you've said before. Uh, and and it's such a good message for you to be doing. I think it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful way for me to understand you and what and what you're doing. Uh, so I thank you for that. It's really a pleasure to hear what you're trying to do. I'm going to add what you're also doing is sparking curiosity, sparking wonder. And one of the benefits of coincidence awareness is that you get to wonder. You say, what, I, I wonder, wonder who. You get to wonder about what's going on out there, which has been my problem since very young because i keep doing this because <laughs> i don't know what's going on out there but i want to try to figure out what i can it's something's going on but nobody's telling me so i got to figure it out myself that's <laughs> that, that, that's what i do it's curiosity school did not uh, dampen your curiosity or mine we're just looking for it we got to keep going that's what we do yeah into the unknown into the unknown that's the mystery einstein had another quote with that too but i i i you were going to tell us a story early on when we got off on the meaning of life which is important to both of us but if, if you'd like to tell us that story and maybe you could tell us something about how you got personally got interested in synchronicity please do yeah, I, th I think I would uh, just another ordinary experience. And I think it's really connected to uh, noticing. I think being a noticer, it's, it's something that's, it's a quality and curiosity. It's a quality that's very needed to, to notice this kind of, uh, uh, of, of synchronicity uh, um, experiences. And, and also I mentioned the meaningful moment catcher, being able to catch that. And so in one of my travels to Europe, I was waiting in a train station. And there was a, a piano there, you know, like a um, little mall within the train station. And then I saw a homeless man setting his, aside his backpack, his whole life within this backpack. And he put it aside and starting to play the piano that was standing there. And he played so beautifully that I had to stop everything I've done and just put away my phone and just, I stood there and listened. And an elderly uh, woman that was standing there, just walking uh, there, she heard the beautiful music and she approached me. And I stood close to them to see this magical, I would say that was a magical moment when their eyes met. And, and she said to him, I, 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 I can't forget that, that this melody that he played reminded her of a, a heartwarming moment with her late father, that she was just thinking about him as he started, as, as the, the homeless man started to play the music. And when she said that, they both had tears in their eyes. That was a beautiful, humane, human moment. And I was so moved that I had to take a picture of that, that, that magical moment, to capture that moment. And then I looked up and I saw a sign that was just behind them. And the sign said, brighten someone else's day. 
And I felt it was so powerful and a meaningful coincidence that he brightened up her day, that moment, a whole world encapsulated in a small moment in time. That was for me uh, a moment of grace. And I think uh, when I try to help people to capture those kind of like you're doing, synchronicity uh, moments, to be aware of them, I always say, take a picture, write down about that, trying to collect them, these moments, sorry, to be aware, because sometimes we can just say, oh, that's a nice moment, just, oh, what a coincidence, and, and we're not letting that sink in, and for me, taking those pictures every now and then, look at those pictures, that was for me another, again, mundane moment, but seeing the extraordinary within the ordinary, so just another kind of a story that popped into my mind. Well, that is a beautiful example of the extraordinary and the ordinary, because it is extraordinary. Just that the guy started, there was a piano there, and the guy started playing it, and yeah. that he could play it, and that the woman wanders by and reminds her of her father. I mean, those are low probability events right there. Right. You set that up for a movie uh, yeah. to create, because movies uh, have a lot of coincidences in them, uh, so do novels, because uh, they make moments like that where they're, as you describe them, but you, your description and your heart, the heartfeltness in your description is so evident and it's so wonderful that you were able to convey that. And to me, the wonderful thing is it didn't involve you. You were the <laughs> observer of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that, that sign that was just behind them, they, they didn't notice, I didn't notice the sign before that moment, that magical moment, it was just there. And if I hadn't, you know, paused with all my busyness and time schedules and my phone and all of the things I had to do and just be there, be present and to notice the things that sometimes, you know, we're not catching those moments. There's so many going on around us. I think in the world and being able, as you mentioned, being in this kind of a web of connection, being there and, and paying attention and being a part of this magical moment between them. And I think more than that, it was also her late father was there and, and I was there and the son was there and the whole, you know, people are going by. There was, the, there was, as you mentioned, it was like a scene, but it was beautiful. And if I hadn't, you know, paused, it was just another, you know, moment in my day that I couldn't even remember. Uh, without, without trying to get into any more discussion about it, I think you helped that synchronicity to happen. Wow. <laughs> and the way that I've come with that is realizing just today how uh, my participation on certain sports teams, like we went undefeated in high school, um, and my my participation in it, the co I couldn't they couldn't have done it without me. One of the coaches said, and I had no idea what he was talking about. I just liked to play, but my presence fits something into the puzzle that made that be able to happen. And your willingness to be open to that experience increased the probability of it happening. I think. Wow. Thank you. Wow. That's something I'll continue to ponder on. Sounds beautiful. Thank you. I think you're welcome. We're, we're not, just like within psychotherapy or helping people. It, we're not just objective out, out there. Yeah. We participate <laughs> in this thing. Yeah. 
And, yeah. just, and if you think of the web, you can't deny what I'm saying as possible because it's all part of interconnectedness. Totally, yeah, wow, wow. I think you, you really, you mentioned metaphors and sometimes these ideas are really hard to capture in words, but when you, you find or you hear a word that you know, resonates, then you know, it, it feels like- Yeah, that click. word, going from, from experience to words is a real trick uh, to be yeah. able to do it in a good one-to-one, -one close to one-to-one -one possibility. And, and be able then, to help people do that is, a, is, a, is something. So we're coming to the end of our of our time. Um, yeah, it has gone fast. I agree with you. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> tell by yep. your tell by your facial expression about that. I, I was surprised too. We were getting in. We were getting into it. Um, and you're you have uh, you have a wonderful message. And what I want to leave with other things that you've said that I get from this practically is I encourage people to tell each other coincidence stories. That's what the Coincidence Ambassadors group is doing, and we're trying to do that more. Um, and, and your friend from Australia is certainly doing that, uh, out there making that happen. That's what we're trying to do. So I also encourage people to write them down, but you're adding another element to it, is to take a picture of it and then write about what happened in the so that's a visual reminder. It's a more in-depth addition to what I'm calling the coincidence diary. Yeah, yeah. I've been doing that also with Ikigai, which is a reason for existence. Asking people to take a picture of something that represents, because as, as we mentioned, it's really hard to find it in words. Sometimes when we capture that in words, it's, it leaves so much you know, outside of the experience. But when you take a picture and you give it a title, it's something that, you know, it reminds you of that moment. And also it's something that um, makes you realize more insights than, than just verbally trying to, to explain. I, 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 you're right. And you said RTI, reason to live. Was to, reason, what, what? Ikigai. Ikigai, it's a Japanese uh, term for, for reason for existence. Oh, like, a, uh, I'm sorry. I thought it was Hebrew or an, or an acronym, but <laughs> sorry, <laughs> say, say it again slowly for us and then we'll have to say goodbye. Yeah. Say it oh, again. wow. We didn't even say about the research. Okay. Uh, well, no, ikigai. I, ikigai. Ikigai, reason to live. Yeah. It came from uh, research on longevity. People who live beyond their uh, 100 uh, years old all have a purpose, a sense of, of a why, a reason for existence. And I also, I always uh, kind of uh, encourage people to try to figure out what, what's their Ikigai, because in Japan, uh, children know from a young age your Ikigai. And I think in, in the Western society, sometimes we're, we either look for it or, or we're not even, it's not in our, you know, even we don't even think about that. So we don't, we don't see it as a life enhancing is what you're telling exactly. me. And exactly. it, it's, it's, it's good medicine, if you in Western terms, to have a purpose in life. Uh, yeah. It's I, an organizing force to life, something that really organizes. This is your life. And so guess what mine is? What's yours? Well, guess what my icky die is, icky. Guess, guess what mine is? I think connections, connecting. No, I'm doing this job of, um, yeah, it's partly that. I, that's, that's underneath it. My job is get the coincidence thing out there. That's my job. 
Yeah. It's wow. a job. I, th I think of it as a job, like I've got to do it. I want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't like it. I'm glad <laughs> to do it. I have all kinds of things about it. But having conversations like this for people to listen to is part of my purpose in life. And if I would summarize what your purpose in life is mainly, one main one is your purpose in life is as Victor Frankl's was to help people find meaning in their lives. Yeah, I hope so. And I, I just want to add just a few um, few sentences that uh, much like your much like you, I'm trying to get these ideas into science and to try to really quantify that based on people's experiences. And we're, we've developed a, a new and one of the first one, I think, uh, questionnaire to assess these kind of, of experiences. And we also validated that with different variables of well-being. I've done that with Dr. Tamar Itikson, and we hope to publish that soon and to help people use that in therapy, in organizations, in education, to really understand them, themselves better, like you're doing and I hope to, to share the mission together of helping more people well, get. To well, thank you for the beginning of what might be an, another interview between us. I, so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know you wanted to talk about that, but I wanted to get to know you better and more get, sure. get the uh, subjective and the, the qualitative of you. And I think I have a nice sense of it. So, and I hope everybody who's listening to it does as well. So thank you very much for being with us and being on the show. Thank you so much, Bernie, for having me here. This cycle's fear is our mental atmosphere, like a hologram of cosmic consciousness.